Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fresh Perspective here on Heavenward Thinking. Last week we talked about John the Baptist and Luke chapter 3 and we did the first nine verses of the story. Today we're going to conclude that and we're going to do 10 through 20. So I'll read it and we'll get right into today's conversation. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none and anyone who has food should do the same. When even tax collectors came to be baptized, teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. So as we look at this section, we see John's response and the crowd's response first to what John was saying. Uh, what can we see in that, in their interaction? Oh, well, again, the, the, the crowd was responsive to John's you know, his ministry, to mm. his message, yep. right? And so the, the crowd wanted to know, what, what do we need to do? Right? I'd give anything for people in church to respond like that today. Mm. Like, wouldn't it be great if people in your Bible studies, in our churches, in our, in our video, it wouldn't be great if people watched something and they said, hey, what do we have to do? Mm. Tell, tell us what we should do. And it was all aspects. It was the common person. It was the tax collectors. It was the... The uh, soldiers, they're all asking, what do we need to do to live this thing out, to, to be repentant, right? I, I think that's, that is that is a question that we should be asking. Mm. Right? What do we need to do to focus our attention heavenward? Mm, absolutely. That first step when we hear the word of God, it should prompt us to respond, just as it did with these people in this story. Uh, but then we also see John's response to their response, and he tells them what they need to do. And as you said, he he gives different instructions to the different groups of people, uh, all pointing them in that repentance and in the here's what you need to do to correct the things in your life. Do something different. Be different. Have that heavenward thinking perspective. Uh, so he was telling the common people to do something different. Share with those in need. Share with people. And for the tax collectors to do something very unique in that time, to not collect them any more than they're required to, to be honest. And then he's, he's telling the soldiers uh, to be content with your pay and don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. He's, he's not take, telling them not to take advantage of people. So he's telling these different people how they should treat people well and how they should be different than those around them. Uh, but then he takes it a step further uh, and we see that they responded by thinking that he might possibly be the Messiah. Uh, it says that they were all wondering that in their hearts. And what is John's response to them? Well, John's response is humility. Right? Mm. I mean, at that moment, he could have done what a lot of people do and just turn all the attention to himself. Mm. Right? Again, there's a lot of people making money and, and getting wealthy and getting, you know, all kinds of fame and notoriety and power off of taking that which is God's, mm. right? They're using Jesus as a platform for getting rich. They're using mm. Jesus as a platform for building things and and having this John's right in that moment. Like at this moment, he could have built whatever he wanted to be. He had the people 
right there thinking he might be the Messiah. Like, mm. how much temptation would there have been there for him to build his own kingdom, mm. right? Like there is for us. But instead, John comes out with humility, right? And, and he says, yeah, it's not about me, right? That's the perfect answer, right? It's the answer that you and I, and every, with all the notoriety that people get today, how hard is it to be humble and say, it's not about me. Mm. I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to tie the shoes, right, mm. of of the person who this is really all about. That's an amazing statement from somebody who's got thousands of people coming out to see him in the wilderness. Mm. Absolutely. Like you said, this was the perfect moment. If anyone ever has been set up so perfectly, uh, this was the moment. He was set up perfectly to just take over and to be that Messiah figure. He had the people all rallying to him, all this great attention, as you said, uh, like we have in today's world where you have all the different kinds of churches and ministries that have people just rallying to the cause. And as you said, a lot of people in today's world, they don't have that humility. Uh, we don't like to have humility. We like the attention. We like the, the pride that can come with that. Uh, we don't like to be humble, but John showed here the exact blueprint that each and every one of us as Christians are called to follow. And it's something that Jesus preached. It's something that was taught by the apostles throughout the rest of the New Testament. It's that humility that we need to serve others, that we need to point first and foremost to Jesus. And that that is the key. And that's what John so powerfully did here. He had their attention and he used that attention Instead of pointing it to himself, he pointed to Jesus. And so each of us, uh, we shouldn't shy away from that attention when we get it. We should instead use that attention to point to Jesus. Uh, And that's something that we don't do, I think, a lot as Christians. Either we, one, don't like any attention and we try to hide, or two, we try to take all the attention and then benefit ourselves. And so there's there's that perfect way of doing it, which would be, Use the attention that God is, is blessing you with the fact that all these people are looking to you. Use that moment to shine the light of Christ as we're called to be light of the world. We need to shine that to point to Jesus Christ. And that's how we're going to be effective witnesses and servants of Christ. And that's what John's doing in this section. Uh, but then uh, we, when we see here that he went on and exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them, he was doing all these great things. It was a great moment. And then what happens in, in verses 19 and 20? Uh, in 1920, uh, John the Baptist gets somehow gets his earthly reward for doing a great job. Mm. And, and we're always thinking that the earthly reward for serving God is, is going to be uh, bells and whistles and roses and all kinds of good things. And John's reward for doing what he had been prophesied to do hundreds of years earlier, his reward for doing a great job was just like all the other prophets. Uh, yeah, he gets arrested, <laughs> right? And he goes to jail, and seemingly, like, all of that which he had done, it goes down the drain, right? Like, mm. that, that's, that's what happens, right, to prophets, people who are doing what God has asked them to do, preaching the word, preaching especially repentance, you end up not being very popular. Mm, absolutely. And we see here the, the whole spectrum here, right? Because we, we saw that all these people were coming out. They received his message of repentance. Uh, but then he goes and tells someone else, and that person does not receive the message of repentance. Well, we see. So we get to see both sides. We get to see when people, yay, yay, repentance. Yes, we'll do whatever you say. And then we also get to see the probably... The majority of what we see today in churches where if you tell someone they need to repent, they may not figuratively take off your head, like in John's case, uh, but they they immediately shut you down. They immediately try to persecute you or just make you be quiet or 
in today's Christian world, we just say, well, people will feel uncomfortable. We need to be more loving and tolerant. Uh, John clearly wasn't that way here because he, he, his message was so bold, uh, that Herod threw him into prison. And then eventually we know what happens to him. He dies as a result. And I love how you said this is his earthly quote unquote reward for doing the right thing. And we as Christians, we expect that if we do the right thing, people are just going to love us. They're just going to be so welcoming of the message that we're preaching. Uh, and they're just, it's going to be a great thing. God, of course, is going to bless us with material blessings and all these things. And that's not always the case. And it's certainly when we look at, at the people who are doing it the best, the people who are really pointing to Jesus, like John here, that's not the case at all. Instead, they're asked to go through something even more difficult than what they were going through before. And that is an opportunity for people to point even further to Jesus Christ. And so we each have that opportunity. How can we be more like John the Baptist in today's world? Well, I mean, it's the name of the show, right? John got it. He looked up heavenward Mm. and he thought differently, right? So heavenward thinking is, is the crux. It's the key. It's the linchpin, right, to this entire thing. You have to think differently. When John was given the opportunity to think like most of us would have, build his own thing, right? Take the power, the authority for himself. He chose not to do that, right? Mm. And when you choose to do things God's way, he's going to use you the way that he wants to use you. And that doesn't always mean it ends up with with you being rich and famous and, and taking care of and all those things like that. Sometimes it ends up with you literally, figuratively losing your had because mm. again god's interested in one thing and that is getting his message the light out into the world right mm. I, I just want people to know about jesus well listen if you're doing a bunch of things that aren't about jesus and jesus shows up what's inside of you is going to do battle with jesus so mm. again i don't think that people realize what was inside of john who was inside of john mm. right was doing battle with who was inside of Herod. Mm. And and again, in, in this world, there's a whole bunch of trouble because the prince of this world, right, the enemy, Satan, he he's constantly doing battle with Jesus. Mm. He didn't stop because Jesus kicked his butt on the cross, <laughs> right? He's keeping on going in battle as if he could still win. Mm. Right? Nobody gave him the memo that he's totally <laughs> done, that he lost. And so he acts like he's going to win, and he does those kind of things. So I I think, again, we've got to change our thinking and realize that if we're going to preach the message of Jesus, then then who's inside of us is going to do battle with who's inside of other people. Mm, Absolutely. And there is a a cost to Christianity, and we're, we're going to see that. Uh, eventually down the road in chapter 14 of Luke, where we're going to see that Jesus tells his disciples very point blank that there is a cost that you need to first sit down and consider the cost of being a Christian. Uh, Because the moment you sign up to be a Christian, you're signing up for potentially persecution and and potentially all these difficult things. If you're really going to be like Jesus and to have that heavenward thinking perspective, you have to realize that there is a cost of being a Christian. That just like John did in this section. He knew what he was doing. He he knew that there was this cost of Christianity, that he could at any moment be thrown into prison because of the religious leaders or the uh, leaders uh, and kings like, like Herod here, where he was 
uh, thrown into prison because his message wasn't popular with the rulers. Uh, we have that same thing today where each of us as Christians, we have a choice. And I think many of us have choice, chosen the choice of compromise uh, with the world. We're, we're, we're good with, with talking about Jesus when it's convenient uh, and when the world allows us in, in our little corners of churches and, and Bible studies. Uh, but we would never, ever tell our coworkers about Jesus. We would never, ever make a stand for Jesus in the secular world. And that's what we're called to do. Uh, John did that. He did the, the wilderness. He talked to the people in a good a place where he could talk to the religious leaders and all the people there. But he also went right to the secular place of of Herod here. So we need to make sure that we're taking the message of Christ everywhere and being willing to have that cost if it should come up. But again, all of this being done in humility that points to Jesus and not ourselves. Well, we hope you've been challenged by this this week and that you'll join us next time as we continue on with the baptism and genealogy of Jesus in the next section here on A Fresh Perspective on Heavenward Thinking.